nations. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious. Oh, it's not up there, is it? Oh. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Holy Gospel according to John, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. I'm actually adding verses, so Abby, don't freak out when I'm not saying what's up there immediately. I'm starting at verse 1. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard Jesus is making and baptizing more disciples than John, although it was not Jesus himself, but the disciples who baptized, he left Judea and started back to Galilee. But he had to go through Samaria. Jesus came to, uh, to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of the ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask me, that ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaritan? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that you are saying to give me a drink, you would have asked, you would have and uh, would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you, where do you get that living water? And you are greater than our ancestor. Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of gushing, of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, Give me this water, so that I may never be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one that you are now with is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to her, Sir, sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do, what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and is now here, when the true worshipers will follow the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is the Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us, Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came and they were astonished 
that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruits for eternal life, so that the sower may reap, the sower and reap may rejoice together, reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying is true, one sows and another, another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, is it no longer because of what you said that we believe? For we have heard for ourselves and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, O Actually, I thought Kendra was getting away with a really, really short one, and then I noticed it didn't have room to print it in the bulletin. That's why I ran down there to grab a Bible just in case. Grace and peace and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. What does it mean to belong? Jesus comes to a well to get something to drink, and a woman is there. Seems like no big deal to us today. But in the Bible, things are always more than what we read. This woman, if you notice, unlike Nicodemus last week, has no name. What does that have to say about belonging? This woman, unlike Nicodemus last week, is a religious leader. And what does that have to say about belonging? This woman, unlike Nicodemus last week, does not come in the dark of night, but at the brightest part of the day, high noon. Yes, it is the woman's job that, in that time, not today, it is the woman's job to draw water for all the household duties that the men do today, right? Okay, sorry. Um, and they would draw from the well twice a day. They would do it at sun up and sundown. Because anybody from Palestine would tell you, you don't do anything at noon. 
You don't do anything at the hottest time of the day. And yet, here she is. And well, she's not at some ordinary well. This is Jacob's well. She would know it, and so would Jesus. In seminary, we learned that in the Old Testament, a well is, just, is not just a well. It is a scene of betrothal. For Isaac found Rebekah at the well, and Jacob found Leah at the well, Moses found Sephora. They all met and they become engaged at the well. A well is where a man finds a wife. And yet, Jesus is here and a nameless woman is here. So why is she there, especially at noon? Well, I've heard, I've heard, I'm sure you've heard this preached year after year after year. Actually, every three years you've heard it preached. Obviously, she was there to find another man because that's the type of woman she is. Or she had to come at noon because, like we've been told about Nicodemus, she was too ashamed to show up when she'd be seen by others because, because of the life she lived. You know, five husbands and the one she's with isn't her husband? Have you noticed how quick we are at shaming her to the point where she doesn't belong? But there's something more about her. Her story is important. Her conversation with Jesus is important. Even though she has no name. Even though she is seen as someone less than because of where she came from. Even though we have judged her based on her marital status. And sometime we will get into that discussion. And many have just labeled her a sinful woman. There's something more about her. As we look at the story, we must remember where it is placed in the Gospel of John. Last week, we heard the story of Nicodemus, where Jesus is clear when he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, and continues with, For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. That is followed immediately by what I read this morning. Here's a bit of Bible trivia if you want to challenge your Baptist friends, because they're the ones who really know the Bible. This story with a nameless woman is the longest conversation between Jesus and another person in the Gospel of John. And it might actually be the longest in all of the Gospels, where Jesus has a conversation with a person. This woman is seen as an outsider who doesn't belong, and yet the longest conversation is with her, the outsider, the one who doesn't belong. Add to that, we like to throw in sinner, but 
making her an outsider and one who doesn't belong. Remember, God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. So many sermons focus on why she's nameless. So many sermons focus on what we will label uh, as her being sinful. So many sermons focusing on how we need to change our lives. We need to come to the web. We need to come to Jesus. No part of this chapter-long conversation addresses sinfulness as long as how uh, has been preached for decades. No part of this chapter-long conversation brings up forgiveness in which I have heard over and over. But it does have everything to do with belonging. And maybe, just maybe, we can learn a lot from a nameless woman. This woman, we, as broken people, made an outsider. And we give permission for her not to belong. This woman speaks with Jesus as one who wants or seeks more. One who wants that refreshing water that brings life. This woman isn't looking at the past and some life situation that she's been placed in, but she's looking to the future because that is what it means to belong. To be in a conversation, a relationship with Jesus. And this conversation brings forth a beautiful relationship of what could be for those who feel that they don't belong. For people who the world continually points out every one of their faults. For the people of the world who feel or who are nameless. For young people who are struggling with what it means to fit in. For middle-aged who are looking back and looking forward to what this life means. For the aged who may feel like they need more of a conversation. For people searching for hope in a new land. For people uh, or places that they are searching for peace in a place of violence. Or they just need to be seen for who they are. This conversation points to people we don't usually see. This conversation is full of love and hope. It is the truth that is for all those who don't feel they belong in this world. On this day, as Tatum came to the font, he was washed with the waters of belonging. Because really, what, did, what has Tatum done to deserve a place with God's people? What can we possibly see that is telling us he belongs? Because the cross I made up on his forehead, you won't be able to see the mark that is there forever. Truth is, if belonging was about and determined by us, everyone would be on the outside. But thanks be to God, that isn't our reality. 
It isn't determined by us. We don't create the standards because belonging comes from God. It is God who calls us by our name. Condemning does not come from God. It is God who walks with those who struggle and those who look for answers. It is for all who look for wholeness in this broken world. Jesus, tired from his journey, was sitting at a well. An outsider, a nameless woman, came and the two spoke. And at that moment, when the whole world told her she was nothing, Jesus showed her the truth. The truth of who God is, the truth of who she is, and the truth of what God God's love looks like. Because in all that the world has done, she belongs. In the same way that you belong, and Tatum belongs. 